Today's episode of the BS Podcast with Gucci Mane is brought to you by SeatGeek, our presenting sponsor, the only fan-friendly app for buying and selling tickets for sports and music. Drop your old ticket app. Use one built for 2017 and beyond. 2017 is coming. You can even do absolutely everything on your phone. So download the free SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. We're also brought to you by Simply Safe. Right now, you can save $200 with their exclusive holiday package. Full-on burglar protection, 17 sensors, wireless connection, 24-7 home security. Keep your home safe. Get your $200 off today. Holiday sale does end soon. Go to SimplySafeBS.com. That's Simply Safe with two eyes. And we're brought to you by TheRinger.com. Go there this week and find a ton of year in 2016 stuff as well as Rogue One Week. Lots of Star Wars pieces. Oh, and guess who else is going to be on there this week? Me. I wrote a basketball piece. And we have Ringer Swag. What's a better holiday gift than Ringer Swag? Go to TheRinger.com. You can get everything there. Columns, features, essays, and a ton of podcasts. Let's check it out. TheRinger.com. Here we go. Gucci made. It's 10 in the morning here on the West Coast. Oh, okay. You did Jimmy Kimmel Live last night. Yeah. You're in a little tour. You got a new album coming out. Yes, I'm, I got my album coming out this Friday, The Return to East Atlanta Center. It would be a bigger deal if you hadn't already put out two albums in 2016. You're like an album machine. Who puts out three albums in a year? I've never even heard of that. You know, that's just my style. I've been doing it from day one. Everybody says about you. You just... You're like a you're cranking out songs. You like at all hours of the day and the night. It ain't you know it ain't really hard to get for me just get in the studio and record. It's easy. So how many have you done like this week? Well, you've been you're touring, but have you have you made any music this week? No, just been rolling out the album this week. Okay. So yeah. how many songs? When did you get out of prison? To in like I March? Out, I got out um, in May, May 26. So what were you doing in there for almost three years when you're so conditioned to making music constantly? Were you going crazy? Oh no, I was reading books. I was writing music. I was listening to music. Uh, I was working out. I'm trying, you know, prepare for when I get when I get out. You know what I'm saying? So I have a whole bunch of material to record. Right. I was, I was just, you know, using those experiences and, and thinking about how I was going to make it a part of, of my music when I got out. So what were your like? What was your process? You have a notebook? Were you writing on all kinds of yeah. things? What were you doing? I, you know, I just buy. I had a notebook. I you know, I just I write down ideas. I I, I listen. I buy. You know, you could, they had like a music server now, so I buy instrumentals or songs that was out, whatever was popular, and I, you know, so I jot down notes. I write down verses, and I just practice them to different people beats. So when I got out, I just get my people to custom make me some beats and just you know custom the song to what I had written. How'd you stay in touch with everything in there? Because I really, I really did stay in touch with everything. Yeah. So what was the like? What was the process for that? I kind of just kind of detached from what was going on outside. You know what I'm saying? Just focus on you know keeping myself motivated in there. You know what I'm saying? Because if I was like worrying about what's going on out there, would it distract me from what's going on in prison? Because it's a whole different environment and it demands your full attention. But like, how do you know? 
like let's say it's 2014 in June and somebody puts out a new song or a mixtape or whatever that everybody likes. How do you even find out about that? Do you have friends tell you or what's the process for that? I wasn't really keeping up with it. To be You're honest. Out. Okay. Yeah. But like I said, they had a music server, but it was outdated. So if something yeah. was hot, um, by the time it would come into the prison music server, it'd be like three months later. Right. So, you know, I just was, I just would buy everything that came out. So when you got out, you must have, that was, you were listening to three years of music. You had to catch up on basically, right? No, like I kind of knew who was hot. Like, you know, a lot yeah. of artists that, that's, that's popping now, you know, I was listening to them while I was locked up and I'm now just now meeting them for the first time. Right. I'm, I had turned, you know, I kind of like was a fan of their music while I was away. Who was your favorite that when you were in there that you thought either blew up or you hadn't heard of before or just somebody you heard, they were like, oh man, I like this guy. Um, or this Bryson girl. Tiller. Yeah. And um, Kodak Black. Okay. Yeah. One of the things with you that I think is interesting is you've influenced two generations of of music, and it seems like when you came out, you started getting the right amount of credit for that. Did you feel like you got the right amount of credit for that all along? I think a lot of it happened when I was away. I think people got a chance to appreciate me. Maybe yeah. it was because I was putting out so much music, and I had so many other things around me besides music. You know what I'm saying? Good and bad. So it kind of like took away from. Uh, I guess a lot of things that I had did or the influence I had. Right. But it took for me to go away for people to say, okay, wow, look at all the people that he done helped get on and look how many people he done brought into the game and look how, you know, I guess all the new artists are emulating what I did and putting they, they you know what I'm saying, they spin on it. How would you describe your position now? Like a like a godfather in the scene? Not a godfather. A, a, I probably older say brother? Definitely like an older brother. Okay. Yeah. Why does everybody say you're in such a good place right now? I don't know. I guess they just can see it. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm, I'm happy. I, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. You know, once you've been in prison and, and it's just such such a diff, different from being out, I just, I don't know. I appreciate my freedom so much. I'm so grateful just that people even want to hear my music still, that my, I still had a chance to salvage my career because I almost had threw, that, threw it away. Yeah. So I guess people see that, you know, I really appreciate it. And I think, you know what I'm saying? They could just, you could just look at me and tell. When you when you look back at like 2013, how bad of a place were you in, and did you know you were in a bad place? Uh, I was in a terrible place. Did I know I was in a bad place? I don't know. I was just it was kind of like a blur. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't. I was out of control. So I can't say that you know I knew it or not. I knew that you know things were. I was. It was a terrible time for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it was very dangerous on so many different levels. What were the What were some of the reasons that you think? Your life was spiraling out of control. Do you think I was too just, much too soon or too no, much pressure? What were the reasons? No, definitely just bad choices and <clears throat> bad choices and, and uh, stress. You know what I'm saying? And drugs. Yeah. I had like five, six open cases, and I had those open cases from doing, you know, so from making bad decisions and bad choices, and all that combined it, you know, say so like you know, say so all that on top of using drugs and being on bond and court date coming and. And, you know, I had, like, five or six artists I had signed, and it just, all that stuff just was accumulating, and I had, you know, I was in a bad place with me and my label at the time, and it was just so much stuff on top of each other that it just eventually just, you know, it crashed. Who'd you talk to? As that stuff was going on, who'd you talk to? Like, how many life did you bounce off? In 2013, I hadn't talked to nobody. Yeah. I just, you know what I'm saying, I just smoked weed and drunk lean and just kept pushing. I kind of, like, numb myself from even, you know what I'm saying, dealing with it. So... I ain't talked to nobody. I'm sure you do some stuff differently. I know I would in my life too. But is there one thing that you're like, 
that's the one moment I wish I could have back. No, 100% not. I don't yeah. regret nothing Okay, that happened in my life. Everything I did and got me to the point I am now. I feel like that's why I'm, I'm fascinated by my own story. I feel like it's, I can't name nobody in my generation that I feel like easy, even can go through half the things I've been through. I, in my opinion, I'm the most resilient person I ever met. And I'm being serious. Are you a movie <clears throat> or a documentary or a 10-episode Netflix binge series drama? Binge watch drama. <sighs> Uh, you talking about as far as like looking at movies? Yeah, your life story. Oh, my life story. Uh, Is it would it be better as a documentary or a movie or like a ten episode series? I'm and like, who plays you? I don't know. I think I'm like I'm. I'm just a comeback story. I'm Rocky. I'm Rocky. You're right, you're right. Yeah, I don't know who would play me. I can't. I would play myself. You play yourself. You can I do would that. Have to. Muhammad Ali played himself. Yeah, that's that's me. Where, where would you start the movie? I definitely would start it. In, uh, in Alabama when I was born you know what I'm saying 1017 that's the name of my company but that's like my grandfather's house in super duper small house little bit of street in Bellsman, Alabama you know walking down you, people don't even have shoes down now you yeah. know what I'm saying and we didn't even know it was that poor you know and I, you know, we didn't even have a house I stayed at my grandfather's house nine years old you know my grandfather's house was nine years old time I moved to Atlanta the most humble humble beginnings <clears throat> Ever, you know what I'm saying? Just nobody in my family had nothing, no money, but everybody just, you know, helped each other and made something out of nothing. So when was the first time you had money in your pocket? When I got my, when I started, when I moved to Atlanta in '89, yeah. I started hustling like, like when I was like seventh grade. Like from that point on, I just, you know, made a vow to myself, like you know, I kind of like had that moment where I seen my mother, she couldn't. Even though she wanted to, cause my mother's a very hardworking woman, and I salute her. Yeah. But you know, when I seen like you know, even though she wanted to, some things she couldn't give me, and I was like being more of a burden to her for even asking for it. From that point on, I just you know, I just I always said I was gonna always keep some money. You're credited for giving, you basically launching the mixtape generation in that whole era. What even made you think to do that? People give me the credit, but it, you know, I when I. But I kind of like, you know, just put my spin on what I've seen other people doing. People from up north was making DVDs, and it was real big back then, like the, you know, like cocaine music and all these different DVDs and stuff like that. And I started making DVDs with these people called Hood Affair. Mm -hmm. And so I put out my first major album with Atlantic 2007, Back to the Trap House, and it, it, it didn't do good. You know what I'm saying? And I was... I was depressed behind that. You know, so I felt like I was gonna go platinum my first CD. I had these big expectations. So when it didn't when it didn't sell good, you know what I'm saying? I just went, I just said, okay, I'm going back to what I know. And I started putting out mixtapes after mixtapes after mixtapes. So but really I seen Lil Wayne do it before me. Yeah. So I seen like, damn, Wayne is going so he was doing it. I'm not, they credit me for doing it, but I seen what he was doing. He was jumping on. I, I would never feature, do feature songs on anybody. I never would want to even work with any other artist. So when I seen he was jumping on everybody, I said, okay, well, let me try that. And I put my, you know what I'm saying, my niche on it and did it my way. What was the story that you, when you're making one of your comebacks in like 2006, 2007, where you were trying to sell the mixtape and the guy wouldn't buy it, so you went in the parking lot and just started playing the song and everybody started drifting toward the car? Yeah, because when I first started, like, oh, five, I was, had an independent joint yeah. venture with somebody. I put out my first CD. So soon after I put the first CD, it did. It sold like 200000 independently. But me and the dude I had a joint venture with, we had a falling out. Yeah. So... Uh, I kind of went on my own then and started making my own, my first mixtape on my own called Chicken Talk. 
And me and the DJ I did it with, we, you know, we, as soon as I made we went to like some place and tried to, you know, like get them in some stores. And people was like, nah, we don't want Gucci mixtape. That's how they was acting. So we just went outside and started playing them. And then people just start, you know what I'm saying, taking to it. And then the guy came out there like, okay, let me get some of them. Right. Yeah. You know, one of the things people say about you is you just have really smart taste in who's good. Which you hear, like, I think writers are like that. I think yeah. chefs are like that. I think actors are like that. What is it? What do you see when you when you see some young kid and there's something about him and you're like, that's somebody I want to use him for a song or something? I don't know. I guess a lot of times I've I just been listening to music for so long. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I guess like I've been doing it for so long that it gets to a point where it's, it's some kind of unconscious thing that I can just tell. Is it a little bit of a competitive thing where you're like, uh oh, I gotta watch out for this guy? It's not. It's not at all. Okay. Because like a lot of people who I who I I came up with, you know, some of the artists that was in, you know, like my era, that was doing good. They would not. They wouldn't work with other artists up and coming. That just was the standard. You know, they're not on my level. They just came out. They might be a one hit wonder. They would not collaborate with people. But me, I would love to collaborate because I would be like. Oh, he hot. He, that's the discussion I would be having with my crew. Yeah. Like, he might be the next to blow. You heard that song? Which one? I'm like, he hard. And I would want to work with them. Right. But they had to be talented. That was the only thing about it. I had to feel like, you know, for me to give them a shot of me want to work with them, there was something good was going to come out of it. That was something that really started in the mid-90s where people were pulling people into their, into certain songs and all that kind of stuff. And then your generation seemed to learn from that. Did you have a big influence from the 90s? Big influence for the night. Yes, yes. I used to love because everyone know, compares you to Tupac. They, I'm, I'm a big Tupac fan. Tupac. Just about how you're just relentless. You're in the studio. You have a million songs. You could drop ten more songs anytime you want. That's what he was like. That's a huge. Died. That's a huge comparison to have to be. You know what I'm saying? I don't know even if I deserve that. Because Tupac, you know, he was just such a great songwriter, and the music he made was so deep and so personal. Yeah. And uh, me, my music isn't as personal. I, you know, what I'm saying it's just fun, entertaining. I'm, I'm, I'm the truth now, <laughs> but I went, I wouldn't say I'm a Tupac. Uh, compare Atlanta, East Coast, and West Coast to me with the sounds. Um, what, is, what makes Atlanta stand out? Because Atlanta, to me, just watching it from afar as a white guy in my forties, like mm-hmm. with Atlanta, there's a there's a it's just happy. Yeah, it's a, there's it's a happiness a to it that the, I don't know. West it, Coast has more of a groove. East Coast is a little more of an edge. It's like it's so many different factors that make Atlanta. Is why we, you know, what I'm saying, you know, like kind of everybody looked us. What's going on? Yeah, it's 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 a it's a it's a club culture or just screw up clubs and getting your record popping. It's um. It's a city. It's like one of the biggest cities in the South, and it got so many different people from so many different places. Like most people in Atlanta are not really from Atlanta. Right. Most of them migrated to Atlanta. So, and it's just a big tourist attraction. So it's always somewhere. It's always somebody in town. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And it's like one of the only cities in the South that kept probably you know like got the Braves, the Hawks, and the Falcons. So we always got you know people coming in, uh, athletes, entertainers. So it's always somewhere you can go and get your music heard at. Every day of the week is a, is Magic City on Monday, it's such and such on Tuesday, it's the Compound on Saturday, and then it's 10 other places that's competing with them pl- them places, and they all get huge crowds. So there's so many DJs you can touch. There's so many ways, and if you make it, if you can make it in those clubs, and everybody got a shot to go to that club and get their music heard, and if you make that, it really does translate the 
to getting on the radio. And then we have all these surrounding cities and states that follow Atlanta radio. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's so many, so many, all you got to do is go and just, if you got some hustle by yourself, you ain't even got to be the best rapper. You can just out hustle everybody and get yourself known in the club, which is possible. And, and from that, you can really start making money, even if you never even make it to the radio. I have a lot of Atlanta questions, but I wanted to ask you one more thing about the mixtape generation, because this year, the way people were rele- were releasing music and big artists, mm-hmm. you could feel a shift. And I thought what Kanye did was really interesting, where he basically leaked out an album, then he took it back, then he kept working on it, and he was tweaking it as it went along. Beyonce just drops Lemonade on a Saturday night, and it seems, and Drake's putting out mixtapes, and it seems like... I, I don't even know what an album is anymore. And I guess it was like that 10 years ago, but now it feels like even in the mainstream, nobody knows what an album is anymore. Yeah, you know a lot about music. You One thing about oh, thank it, you. you on point. I got a lot of young people around me. Yeah, because the way you just, <laughs> you're right. You're right. I don't but then know. you feel like this was the year when everything changed, right? Well, you know, I was only here half of the year. You know what I'm saying? So, Two-thirds. Yeah. No, six months. 60%. I've oh. been out six months. When'd you get out? I got out in May. Yeah, half the year. Yeah. Right. So a lot of stuff I kind of had to get out and adjust to and see, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And, you know, because like I told you, I wasn't really keeping up with it when I was in there. So I'm just seeing the way that people, you know, describe their music now. And it, and it like I said, it's tailor-made itself for me because this is how I always been. Right. You know what I'm saying? But a lot of people, when I was doing it, that was crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember when I told Todd, I'm going to drop three mixtapes in one day. He was like, why would you do something like that? Don't do that. <laughs> you are crazy. What are you doing? Then later, he was like, you are a genius. That was the best thing we ever did. <laughs> Seriously. You know what I'm saying? But, and I think a lot of people copied that. Not saying that I started that. But I just like taking chances. I always want to get my music heard. You know what I'm saying? And all these big artists, they were making so much money back then that they didn't have to drop an album every every like even like once every two years. Now people attention span so short. They they saying that they got to they got to they got to feed these people because the next internet person or internet craze can come from just a dance, and then you know that'll be that'll, that'll knock their spot from being number one. Right. So they got to compete with not just all the people who signed to the major labels. They got to compete with all these people who just organically making stuff and, and uh, loading it on the SoundCloud or YouTube or Spinrilla or this, that, and the third. So it kind of leveled the playing field. So they got to come out of their comfort zone and they got to put out music. Well, think about how different that is from like 05 when you had the song with Jeezy and you couldn't decide whether to put it on an album or not. And by the time you put it out, it had already kind of gone through the club circuit. Now you'd put that thing out in five seconds. Yeah. I like it like that. Yeah. Yeah. I I would actually, you're a sports fan, right? Huge. Yeah. It's, you know, the advanced metrics revolution. Just simple, simple math. Like how people like, uh, I don't know, in basketball, everybody shoots threes now because they did the math. And they're like three points is worth more than two. If you shoot 30 shots in a game and you make 12, that's better than going 15 for 30 and two points. It would seem like the more songs you put out with the way the music industry is set up, the more of a chance if you put out 50 songs, three of them might hit, but that's three hits. So it would favor people like you that can just put out music and put out songs and constant, you know quality stuff that's one of them's gonna hit every once in a while right or am I overthinking this no you're right in a way but you know it's kind of like some people say you know how they say quality over quantity so yeah. if you put out but I you guess, have both in my opinion and hopefully your opinion <laughs> but not a lot of people don't agree with you <laughs> or me <laughs> but I'm cool with that All right. 
Uh, I have Atlanta stuff. So when did you get to Atlanta? I moved in Atlanta in '89. So you 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 went to the Gold Club once or twice. The Gold Club, the Mob Run Gold Club, the one that had the that had the big trial in 2001 when no, all the athletes I, I, went I, to. I, I never, never went been, to that I, one. I know which one you're talking about. Patrick no, Ewing had to testify that he had two girls at once. All that no, stuff. You never went there, with Patrick no, Ewing. I have never been to that place right okay. there. <laughs> I heard a lot about it. Uh, but you know they have a new gold club in Atlanta. Oh, they have a new one. Yeah, probably not as crazy as the old it's, one. Was. It's nice, but Better. it's nothing like that. I did my album release. <clears throat> I did a party there on the seventeenth of October for my my uh, Waptober album. It's nice, yeah. nice club. What's the What's the best gentleman's club in Atlanta right now? In your opinion, the best gentleman club, Magic City is a it's the classic club. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I would have to say Magic City. It's small, but you know it's you know it's made for. You got to be serious. Like you can't go into Magic City playing around. You probably can go any other place in Atlanta and go to the club and just be chilling. But when you come to Magic City, you got to come to spend some money. You know, if you don't, then you only need to go. You <laughs> you realize for outsiders, Atlanta is like the strangest city to go to. The couple times I've been there, it's like there's. Not really a downtown unless you know where the downtown spots are and you go like every city you go to Boston, you go to Chicago, mm-hmm. San Francisco, there's like a central something. And Atlanta is just spread out. And you kinda have to figure out where to go and what to do and you almost have to know somebody. You definitely have to know somebody in Atlanta to have a good time. You know what I'm saying? Like if you really wanna you gotta be in the know. You go to Atlanta and don't know what's going on, you're you just screwed. Yeah. yeah, you're just gonna be sitting at the hotel and you're gonna think you went somewhere and seen something, but you really never seen a real Atlanta. I was confused. A lot of highways. But you yeah. come next time call me. I'll I'll take you up there. <laughs> I'll take you to Magic and show you something. <laughs> Let's talk about sports in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So the Falcons. They're yeah. the truth. Okay, you you're a believer this year? We just made the rounds five. We just made the rounds five that coach. You didn't That's see true. that? Yeah, next, I saw that. The next day. Yeah. I think they were ready to do that anyway, but I think you helped. Yeah. He was standing yeah, we, on the we, cliff we go, and you nudged yeah, him. we're going to push them over there. What would matter the most to Atlanta, Falcons Super Bowl or a, or a Hawks title? I'm guessing the Falcons, right? Both. Both. No, but you know. have to pick. You well, you know, I'm a, I love, I love, you know, my favorite teams are Alabama, Crimson Tide, then the Falcons. Yeah. So I so love the, the Falcons. Hawks. I love, no, the Hawks, I'm a huge Hawks fan. Okay. But, but like I love football more. more than I love basketball. All right, so what are your feelings about the Mike Vick era all these years later? Man, I love Mike Vick. Mike Vick was so hard. I wish he never got in trouble because he was was doing good with him, man. He was on the road. He was what, so good, man. What was your perspective on the Mike Vick thing as it was happening? Because I'm, it was pretty, the dogfighting thing in certain parts of the country, everybody goes nuts if you yeah. if anything with dogs. And then there's other parts of the country where people grew up with dogfighting and they looked at it differently. I really didn't have no opinion, to yeah. be honest about it, but I just, you know, I just my whole thing was I was a fan of him and I was fan. I'm probably biased. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I'm in Atlanta. He's our quarterback. I like I said I love the Falcons. So I just wanted him to stay and play because yeah. we he was so exciting. You know what I'm saying? He had to see the city soldiers every time it was a Falcons game. Each time I'm like I'm like it was such a big deal. So when he left, that part of you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or just or the week just went down. And anyone who played video games, he was a big deal because he oh, was the most I used amazing to play with video him game every time. He was just, almost unfair. I just hiked the ball. Like, no, you got to have somebody else. Yeah, you just run like the five, the five receiver shotgun and just have him run around. But now we got Julio, and I'm, I'm a huge Julio fan. So do you know these guys? Yeah, Julio is my partner. That's who gave me the, yeah, the yeah, tickets to the. Yeah, something with them. He right? gave me the tickets to the Rams game. Okay, I was like Julio Mentana. I got to come out that day. He ain't play because he had turf toe. So did you ever think of doing one of those songs that 
like a Super Bowl shuffle type song where you do something with the Falcons and it becomes that would, something I, they I play could, in the stadium. You should would, do I, that. I, I could, they play a lot of my songs in the stadium. Every time we get a first down, they play So Icy. They've been doing that last six, Seriously? seven years. Yeah, they've been doing it the last six, seven That's years. That's phenomenal. Yeah. You should be really proud. It's really hard to get the, the song that becomes a staple in a sporting event. Atlanta, that's my city. They post to play it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Matty Ice, you're a believer? Well, you know what I'm see, that's the reaction everyone has. Everyone has that reaction. There's a pause, and then you try to be nice. That's our quarterback. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm room for him. You know, so he's doing good. But you know, he 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 has, he has frustrated me a lot over the years. But at the same time, I think we might got it together this year. What rapper would you compare Matty Ice to? I would compare Matty Ice to, um, golly. <laughs> This is uh, interesting because you might you don't want to insult a rapper and you don't want to insult Matty Ice. You got to find yeah, the right balance I, on this one. That's a good question. Yeah, man. you don't have to answer it. Good one. Okay. That's a good <laughs> one. Uh, what do the Hawks have? I wrote some Atlanta questions down because I don't want to forget anything. Yeah. What do the Hawks have to do to have a better fan base? Because like Al Horford left. And his dad said when he left, like one of the reasons he left was when he played in Boston, he loved the fans and the crowd yeah. and it just, the Hawks fans just never got there. They should have brought me in as one of the minority owners. If they would have did that, they would have changed the whole landscape. Of was the that in play at any point? Did you ask? Well, I was locked up when they was looking for owners, but they still should have reached out. Well, they had a whole bunch of minority owners, right? But they didn't have me. <laughs> Maybe there's still time. I hope so. I would love to be a part of them. We should move them to Moreland and call them the Eastern Atlanta Hawks on my side of town. It'll just change the whole thing. So you would move the stadium? Yeah. I just did a part. I did a, I did a show for the Hawks like three weeks ago. They played the Pelicans on like a Tuesday, and I sold it out. And yeah. they, they brought the revenue. That guy ahead of their revenue uh, down here was like, listen, we just sold out the Phillips Arena on a Tuesday right. playing the Pelicans. Like, we appreciate you. Thank you so much. Do you know what you just did? So I told him then, I was like, y'all need to get in business with me. Yeah, give me a share. I mean, people thought Jay-Z owned the Nets, and he owned like 0.00001% or something. He might own 0.01%, but, but how, did, percent. How, how did he parlay that into whatever he needed to do? We don't right. know. Yeah, but it was the perception that he was involved, and the team really used him. In Brooklyn, especially, to I, be like, yeah, we got Jay-Z on our side, and it was whatever they gave him, it was worth it. But people don't know probably what he used that perception to do. I think it helped both of them. So this could help you, the Hawks. It could. It could the Hawks help. should reach out to you. No, my, no, no, my, listen, no, my partners. When you proposed on the Jumbotron, that was like the biggest Hawks moment in 25 years since Dominique Wilkins. Yeah, I met Dominique that day, too. You did? Yeah, for what the first time. What did he say? Did he say, don't get married? Isn't Dominique no. never got married, right? Dominique cool as hell. He told me congratulations. Dominique was a legend back in the day off Dominique, the court. Dominique is still a legend. I, You know, I used to do uh, ESPN's basketball show and a bunch of stuff with Jalen Rose. Wow. And Jalen Rose revered certain guys who, you know, were did well with the ladies who played in the NBA, like Magic and, and Dominique in the South. And he said Dominique, like, owned the South. Dominique owned his own... I think he started and owned his own nightclub. Yeah, he did have a club. That Jalen always thought that was genius. So when I had Dominique on a podcast, I asked him about it. And I was like, Jalen said you opened a club to make it easier. And he he was just like, that Jalen. He started <laughs> no, shaking Dominique, his head. He used to be my favorite player. 
That was good. I'm a huge Celtic fan, so I went to those Bird Dominique games. I went to the shootout. It was actually yeah. in the building. Dominique was amazing. That was the game when he dunked a rebound from the foul line, which I is still the game. greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. And we lost that game. Yeah, you lost that game. Dominique was like it was weirdly the greatest, best moment of his career, but they lost. Yeah, but it was kind of the that one, and when he lost the dunk contest to MJ. Yep. That he should have won, and exactly. they gave it to MJ because he was like the golden child, but Dominique won the contest. Those were like the two best moments of his career. Dominique was the truth. So what do the Hawks have to do? So you think they're in the wrong part of town? I think this, 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 I like the Hawks. They need you as a minority owner. I think they should get me in as an owner. I would love to have a part of the Hawks. That's one franchise I would love to be a part of. I can't see why they wouldn't do that. Well, maybe somebody they need to help. Get, they need some traction. Maybe, maybe they'll, they'll hear about this and they'll reach out. I bet they hear about this. I'm, I, guarantee, I guarantee Somebody write a them. blog post that Gucci Mane yeah. wants to be involved yeah, with the Hawks. They, they got my number. They'll text me later. Is there a right place to put these sports teams? Because like the, the Braves are moving again. The Braves moved already. Yeah, they're, they're moved to the suburbs, right? Yeah, they're in Cobb County now. My Atlanta fans, were, my Atlanta friends, uh, including Robert Brown, were very, very upset about the move. I, I, you know, it happened while I was away, but I, I just I remember a lot of people were super upset that they left. Yeah. How'd you stay in touch with, with sports for three years? No, I watch ESPN on TV. Really? Yeah. Did, were you able to see like the finals and that stuff, Super Bowls? Yes. Yes, I seen the finals and the Super Bowls and college football. No, I always watch like, you know, I always watch the sports center to see what's going on and read the paper. Alabama? You able to watch oh, those? Man. Of course. Of okay. course. We I, lost Ohio State. It was, it was so sad. Well, now it's like Alabama is, it's almost unfair. It's becoming unfair to college football what's going on in Alabama. It's a legitimate dynasty. It wasn't unfair when Auburn beat us. It wasn't unfair <laughs> when, when Ohio State beat us. Okay. It's starting to feel unfair. Well, life isn't fair. Okay. Oh, what's the difference between East Atlanta and every other part of Atlanta? East Atlanta, um, a major thing is, you know, Atlanta is, com is composed of zones, and it's like the city kind of set up kind of crazy. Like on the east side of Atlanta, there's only one zone, zone six. All other zones are on the west side or central or north. So it's like when you get to the east side of Atlanta, you get to zone six, and then you're gone. Then you're yeah. like in Decatur, you're in, um, you know, saying Stone Mound and, and all these different places. So it's like. For just being the east side, it's the only place on the east side that is Atlanta. And once you get out the city, you know what I'm saying? It's just the landscape just changes. So we just everybody just super, it's just super, everybody like super proud of that neighborhood because it's like you know we the only part we the east side of town that's that's still really authentically considered Atlanta. You were in prison when they started making the TV show Atlanta, which yes. then became a huge hit this year. Did you see Atlanta? I still haven't haven't seen. I heard about it. You haven't seen Atlanta. How no. come? I ain't had time. You have to see Atlanta. I know. Everybody been telling I, me I'm, like it's I'm, super I'm good. Dying for your, I, only because I'm dying for your opinion on Atlanta. I want to know what you good. think. I'm going to check it out. They say it's good. It's really good. What's the name of that show I'm waiting to come back on? I'll be looking at that. I read the book about they say one is coming. Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's what I like. I like the Game of Thrones. You watch Game of Thrones? Yeah, I watch Game of Thrones in power. It would be interesting if you love Atlanta or you don't like it because it's almost like too close to home for you. Because it's about a it's about an up and coming rapper in Atlanta. No, nah, I'll check it out. I'm gonna give it a try. I can't. It's only like eight episodes. I'm gonna look at it. I'm gonna look at. It. I get on All Netflix right. and pull it up and see if it's on Netflix. FX now. I predict now. that you will be on Atlanta by season three, at least for one episode. 
Let's take a quick break to talk about Blue Apron. Stop wasting money on expensive takeout. Please just sign up with Blue Apron. For less than $10 per meal, Blue Apron will deliver all the fresh ingredients you need for a delicious home-cooked meal. They have the highest standards for ingredients. They built a community of home chefs that have no rival. Some of the meals available in December include roasted pork and braised cabbage with barley and glazed apples, Thai green coconut curry with sweet potato and jasmine rice, brown butter and chestnut gnocchi with Brussels sprouts and pea shoot salad. Right now you can get your first three Blue Apron meals for free with free shipping. Just go to blueapron.com slash BS and you'll find out why they're in my fridge as we speak. Blueapron.com slash BS Blue Apron, a better way to cook. And also while we're here, if you've ever seen anything in my office that we've done for Facebook Live or anything else, you probably noticed how fantastic my posters looked. That's because our friends at FrameBridge framed everything in there. Their experts custom frame your item in days, not weeks or months. They'd frame them in days and deliver them finished and ready to hang. Go to FrameBridge.com. You can upload digital photos, Instagram, whatever you want. Their designers will even help you pick the perfect frames. They offer a happiness guarantee. Instead of the hundreds you'd pay at a framing store, their prices start at 39 bucks. All shipping is free. As I've said many times, I am a FrameBridge groupie. I cannot believe the TLC they put in their framing and their packaging. Find out why InStyle called them a genius site. Go to FrameBridge.com, use promo code BS, and you will save 15% off your first order. You know what I'm going to do? On my Instagram account, which I think is SPTGUI33, I'm on Instagram. I post good Instagram photos. You should follow me on Instagram. I will put a couple photos because I just changed my office around and added a couple things that FrameBridge framed, including a, a pretty great Nirvana one and a Bob McAdoo Braves one and a whole bunch of things. So I'll put that on Instagram and you can see for yourself. FrameBridge.com, a promo code BS. And now back to Gucci Mane. All right, I have some speed round questions for you. Ready? What's the best song you ever made? First day out the feds. What's the best lyric you ever wrote? Um, That's a good question, right? Man, Come on, everybody cool. knows what their best thing is. Uh, I don't know. I got to think about that one. All right, you're passing. Drummer Boy said, "The miss I've heard about Tupac, I think of Gucci instantly." I think Gucci would be rapping on the corner on the block, entertaining the hood, whether he's famous or not. Is that true? Not true. Okay. You were in prison in Terry Haute, Indiana. That's where Larry Bird went to college. Who used wow. to face off against Dominique Wilkins. You, did you know that or you didn't know that? I didn't know he was from Terry Haute. Yeah, Indiana State. What's the single best thing on the Waffle House menu? The waffles. Okay. <laughs> What's the biggest thing people get wrong about prison? Mm, people think that it make you that it make you harder. It's an accomplishment when really it's 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 a punishment, and it's nothing to be glorified. This summer, an internet rumor started that you had been cloned, and Drake ended up taking a picture with you to prove otherwise. If you did have a clone. What kind of things would you ask this clone to do? I would damn sure ask him to do them three years for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Do you have any advice because you've been in a few feuds in your day? Do you have any advice for Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant? Um, just you know, get your money. You know what I'm saying? If y'all was friends at one time, y'all don't gotta never be friends again. But y'all can you can wish him well. You know what I'm saying? And just silently, you know what I'm saying? Just wish him. You ain't even gotta tell him. Just wish him the best, and just you know what I'm saying? Just get your money and 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 do your thing and live your life. What's the last thing you ordered online? Last thing I ordered online, um, a trampoline for my little boy. What do you think of Dame Lillard as a rapper? I haven't heard it, but he's a hell of a basketball player. Yeah, good answer. Can someone learn how to freestyle, or is it something you're born with? Uh, you definitely have to learn. You can learn, because I didn't know how to freestyle. So it's not, to... it's not innate. It's not something you're born with. I started off writing, and then... People, I started getting so many requests for features that I didn't have time to write write it no more. So it just made sense to like you know just put it up and do it. Is it true you're doing a mixtape with Malcolm Gladwell? Uh, I would love to write a book with Malcolm Gladwell. I if you wrote a books. book with Malcolm Gladwell, I would buy it. Man, yeah, listen, that's one purchase right there. I have one, my Amazon pre-order ready for you. That's one. I want, I've been thinking about that since I was locked up. That me and him need to do a collaboration book. That's my friend. I could I could help arrange that. I would like to meet I him. I almost had him call in during this podcast, but he, I didn't want to interrupt our he flow. Makes, he makes good books. He does. He he wrote a book about me. He don't even know it. What was the book? The Outlier. That's, that was, that the 10,000 really, Hours? That's, um, that was like the biography of me. You're the missing chapter in Outliers? I'm the maverick. <laughs> In 2013, you said college athletes should not be paid. Do you still believe that? I think they should be paid. You think they should be paid? Yeah. Okay. How much would you pay them? I don't know. They're making so much money in them stadiums and stuff. I mean, they should give them some so they don't have to sell their jerseys and all that. Just give them some. Man. Just make sure they don't have to do this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do stuff to hurt their hurt they career. Just give them some so they can just stay instead of having to leave school early. What would your plan be for paying Alabama athletes when they're already being paid? That is not true. <laughs> What's the last item you actually purchased from Gucci? Last item I purchased from Gucci. I'm scared to even talk about Gucci at the moment. They on my ass. What? <laughs> <laughs> Gucci's on I'm your scared ass? They got, is there a reason? I want no smoke with Gucci, period. Okay. You know they're at, they have the store in the Trump Tower. I, w I can believe it. <laughs> What's the craziest thing you've ever read about yourself online? The clone thing. That was like, when it first got out, that was weird. You what know was what that? Saying? You know, like people me. saying I was cloned. At first, I, you know, it started out small, then it started growing. Like, people started really oh, believing. Oh, the clone, yeah, Like, yeah. CIA clone and all that. It started getting kind of outrageous. Is it, did anybody in your life actually wonder about it? I don't, I don't, no, you know, because, like, my circle's so small now. Yeah. Everybody who I keep around me, they, you know what I'm saying, they just seen my transformation. You know what I'm saying? They started seeing how I was working on myself, and they seen me just change. So, no, nah, they didn't know. They, they, they knew what was going on, but for people who didn't know me, I don't know what the hell they were thinking because I wasn't talking to them no more. What's the biggest your circle got? It used to be just, you know, I used to have... Artists and they have they entourage. You know, I got to think I had Thug, the Migos, Young Scooter, Walker. I had all these people around, and all of them got deep entourage. So I have people around I didn't even know. Yeah. And I just didn't even care. You know, it's what almost I'm like a boxer. It worse than a boxer. It was just unrealistic. I would go to the club, a hundred plus, hundred plus people, man. Hundred plus people. Yeah. It's like a throwing your own wedding. It was it was it was bad. When is your wedding, by the way? 
uh, October 17th, uh, 2017. Yeah. How many people you invited to that? Do you know? I don't know. Do you involved honest, in the planning? No, nah, my fiance handle everything. I'm just, I'm just there. Okay. Where did, where did you meet this young lady? I met her in Atlanta. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite ad lib? Gucci, Ya, or Burr? Burr, definitely. Burr is the is the best ad lib in the history of music. Are you and ready? It's, to- and it's all genres. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you talked yourself one way or the other with Dwight Howard into liking him or not liking him yet, or you just need oh, more no, evidence and time? Is, I love Dwight Howard. What you love Dwight Howard as a player, yeah, for the house. We need him. He hometown. Well, you, you don't Howard, like you don't like Dwight Howard. Not Come really. On. No, that's, no. That's, 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 I think that's there's bad, something. Man. I think he's going to be a Hall of Famer. I think he was the best center from maybe '05 to 2010. But I don't think he knows what he is. He should just rebound and block shots. Stop posting up Dwight Howard. He's starting to post up again for you guys now. Just stop. When you see, Nobody we, wants to see you throw jump hooks off the backboard, Dwight Howard. When you see us in the finals, I don't want to hear you say that then. In the finals. You're 12 and 12. That would be a big that would be a big turnaround. A lot of people. You got to start somewhere. You like the German? The uh, tall Sh- guy? No, the, the point guard. Schroeder. Oh, he's from Germany? Yeah. I knew he was. I knew he was from somewhere. Yeah, that's why. That's why he acts like that. Man, I was. I wonder where he was from. Yeah, man. that's why he's such a shitster. Yeah, I like Schroeder. He hard. I like. But they probably got him after you went to prison the last time. I've been watching that's it for a minute, yeah, but yeah. I want. I still want to keep Teague though. Yeah, I like Teague. Teague always used to burn the Celtics. Yeah. Uh, best female rapper ever. Oh, best female rapper ever. Lady of Rage. Were you okay with Beyonce naming her album Lemonade? Hell yeah. <laughs> I like that. You the know. 10% of you where it wasn't like, come on. No, 100% was like, that was, that was dope. Beyonce is, the, is one of the best to ever do it. All right. Favorite professional athlete you ever hung out with, just as a hang? Mm. You don't have to, don't say Julio Jones just because you're friends with him and you want him to feel good. Like, give me a genuine answer. The best or oh, most about, fun, most fun, best hang professional athlete. Just like you're like, I love this guy. And you say, I can't say Julio. You can't say who it is. I said, I can't say Julio. You can. If it's, Julio, if it's true. 100% Julio. Really? Julio. Julio cool as hell, man. He humble. He humble as hell. Julio invited me one time to his house with his mother and them late for Thanksgiving dinner when I was, when he knew I was just out of town. When all my folks in Alabama, like, you know, my mom over here, she cooking, come over here. So, Hundred percent, Julio. Okay. Your favorite month of the year is it October or December? Hundred percent October. My favorite date ten seventeen. That's like Black Friday in uh, in my world. Was your Twitter hacked in two thousand thirteen or not? Nope, it was not hacked. Okay. If you were ever going to tattoo your face again, what would you get? I would never tattoo my face now. Okay. I'm I'm at the, I'm the most handsome I ever been right now. <laughs> Your new chain is called Saint Brick and it has its own Instagram and Twitter and it goes for 50 grand. It's actually really cool. Who is the most famous person that you know who has bought it? No, it didn't, no, Saint Brick is my chain. They got an Instagram account, but it's, it's like, you know, I don't have a hype man. So I say like Saint Brick is my hype man cuz he always with me. On the stage, so but I what's just, the chain that the actual? Say, yeah, I call yeah. it Saint Brick, but yeah. actually he he just solicits features from other artists. 
That's just a page that I use him to communicate. But what about the actual chain? That's not for sale for fifty grand. Did I get duped by the internet? Man, if you couldn't get that. I got duped by the internet. Do you know how many fifty grand it'll take to buy that chain? You <laughs> <is> tripping. <laughs> Can't believe you said that. I went to a bad internet page. Don't blame me. Man. I thought I could buy it. I was thinking about buying it for myself for Christmas. I had a rough you can, year. You can buy, but you're gonna have to get it. You gonna have to. It's gonna be more than fifty you're grand. Have to multiply that. Okay. You, uh, the Brick Factory, Migos, Young Thug, Pee Wee, all these guys. Anybody coming up that we don't know about yet that you feel like could move into that stratosphere group? Who could like the next up and coming? Yeah, that you're ready to kind of adopt to throw into that. I'm, I'm relaunching my label top of 2017, so I'm looking for that next person. So, it's a, I can't say you know I got my I'm, I'm looking for talent now. So if anybody knows somebody who is talent, they need to turn me on to them. It seems like everybody's everybody. You know, there's always new people coming out, but everybody who I feel like got got something going, they already got a deal and already got signed. Last question. What's your what's your favorite story that you've never told? My favorite story? Uh, that you're like, man, every time I do an interview, I keep waiting for somebody to ask me about blank, and they never do. And this is a great two-minute story, and I'm going to tell it right now. I got so many stories that I, mean, I can't even. It's, 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 man, I don't even know which one to Give me one. talk about. Give me one from like 2006. 2006 that, that, that range anything I don't know to be honest I, I don't I can't it's kind of hard on top of my head to think about just a good story that ain't nobody heard everybody know everything about me I'm just I'm just. you think that's true I thought you had a chain called St. Brick for 50 grand I was wrong I think there's a lot of misinformation out there you gotta you, I don't know man sometimes you sometimes I like being an enigma I, li- I like the rumors I like the mystery of being me you know what I'm saying yeah you get so much out of me from just hearing my music if you, if you just listen to my music I, I tell you how I feel you get my opinion you get my stance on just everything alright so this album's coming out December it's coming out Thursday the return of East Atlanta Santa, or it's Friday. Yeah, the return Santa. of East Atlanta Santa. Yep. And this is not your last album of 2016. You're squeezing in one more in the last two this weeks. This is it. This is it. You for have two year. more weeks after this. You can put one more out. It's What's the record? Even even God, even God rested on the seventh day. <laughs> so 2017, you put out like maybe one or you, you two. two two al- two albums next year. Uh, my first book. My first my your first fir- book. Yes. Oh, so this is happening. Yeah, it's coming, I think, in May. Who helped you write it? I wrote it myself, but I'm going to get somebody to, you know, help me put it all together. But I definitely wrote the whole book myself when I was in prison. Really? How long is it? It's, uh, I'm still compiling it, but it's a, it's a whole bunch of papers that I just wrote. I can't even, I can't even tell you how long it is. I just wrote and wrote and wrote. I showed my kids your St. Brick intro video last night. I have an 11 year old daughter and a nine year old son. They were riveted by it. Wow! Because it gets scary about a minute in when it stops, and then yeah, when it stops, and they were like, and then all of a sudden there was money under the tree and stuff, and they were super happy. They they got worried for a second that something bad was going to happen. I bet that's wonderful. I bet that's some wonderful kids. They got good taste. Yeah, it was good. Oh no, they liked it. They love mm-hmm. they love any holiday song that has a little. Hip hop, I and mean, that's not technically a holiday song, but it feels a little bit holidayish, right? It, it got it's the jingle the bells. Vicinity. It got a little yeah. bit of jingle bells in there. It's got a little thing. All right, so how much? What other press are you doing? Is this it? No, I got a bunch of stuff I'm doing in, in New York tomorrow, um, nonstop. 
But this was the most fun thing you've done all week. Hundred percent. All right, cool. Gucci man. Good luck with the uh, good luck with Maddie Ice and the Falcons. Thank you. I wish you less than good luck with the Hawks because I'm a Celtic fan. We're going to see you in the playoffs. We're going to see we're going to see the Patriots in the Super Bowl. You Patriots Falcons. I would love that. Me too. That's my team. My team laid the smackdown on Monday. Yeah, yeah. We reminded truth. everybody that we're we're a dynasty with four Super Bowls and going nah, for yeah, a yeah, yeah, yeah. The truth, y'all ain't nothing to play with. Have you written anything about Tom Brady ever? Have I ever written something about Tom Brady? Written a, written a song or anything? Tom I, Brady. I shout him out on the attorney still on the silent. Oh, there you go. Yeah. See, so you have good taste. Yeah. All right. Good luck with everything. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. It was so much fun talking to you. All right, thanks again to Gucci Mane. Thanks to SeatGeek. Thanks to Stamps.com. You got to avoid the post office during the holidays. God, the last two weeks of December is just brutal. Stay away from the post office. Buy and print official U.S. postage with your own computer and printer. Go to Stamps.com. Click on the microphone at the top of that homepage. Type in BS. You'll get a four-week trial plus a $110 bonus offer that includes postage and a digital scale. Stamps.com. Promo code BS. Thanks to the ringer.com. Thanks to PearlJam.com. And we are back on Friday with a fresh, brand new podcast. And don't forget, I have a new column coming this week. Unless uh, it disappears from my computer magically, which would suck. I will see you then. I will see you in print. I will see you back here Friday. All right.